Okay. It says in this week's Pasha, Pasha's Korach, it says that when the ground swallowed up the, the people of Korach, we all know the story, this was their end. The Torah says, Vayordu Chayim Sha'ola, that they were swallowed up into the ground alive. Says, the land opened up, and it swallowed them in their homes, etc. And then the next passage says, all of the people of Korach, all of the accomplices, all went down, they all went down alive, and the land covered them up, and they were lost from the congregation. That's what it says. So the Medrash says on this Pasuk that what does it mean that they went down alive into the ground? It means that they went down alive into the ground and didn't die. <coughs> and it is even more explicit if you take a look in Parshas Timchas. The Torah says about the children of Korach, the Torah says, Uvnei Korach lo That the children of Korach did not die. The Torah says it explicitly. Rashi says that at the time of the dispute they thought about repenting they thought about returning to Hashem therefore there was a plateau that was created for them right above Gehenna and they fell on this plateau and they sat there so we clearly see that at least the children of Korach or the congregation of Korach or some of the people involved never died. Even though they got swallowed up from the ground, and they, the simple explanation of the text is, is that they suffered a death by being swallowed up in the ground, the rabbis tell us, the Medrash tells us, that they actually never died. Now, the truth is that this type of presentation is not something which is surprising. Because it happens many, many times throughout Jewish literature. For example, in the same Pasha, in Pasha's Pinchas, the Targum Yonason ben Uziel, the translation of the Targum Yonason, the Aramaic translation of the Targum Yonason ben Uziel, says that Serach, the daughter of Asher, one of the twelve sons of Yaakov, also never died. Rashi concurs with this explanation and says that she is now among the living. The Targum Yonason explains that the reason why she merited such a, the reason why she merited um, such a reward is because, is because she was the first one to tell Yaakov that Yosef, his son, was still alive. When Yaakov first found out that Yosef, his son, was still alive, the one that told him, the person that told him, was Serach. So therefore, Serach had the schus, she had the merit of the fact that she lived forever. So here we have another example. But the examples continue. The examples continue. If we take a look explicitly in Kings, in Malachim, we will see that the Torah tells us, or that the, the Prophet tells us, that Eliyahu Navi never died. Right? We all know. Everybody knows. It is the, it is the uh, a fact that everyone assumes that Eliyahu Navi is still alive. He went up with his chariot to the heavens, and never came back. Right? 
So we see that that this is this, this is this is a, a possibility. This is something which is regular in Jewish literature. So, so the truth is, I really didn't plan to speak about it, of how we understand it exactly, because we already spoke about it in Parshas Vayechi, when we said that the Gemara tells us in, in Tainus, in uh, Tractate Tainus on page 5b, that Yaakov quoted in Rashi and other Rishonim commentaries there that Yaakov also never died. Because it says, Vayidva, he expired, but it never says Vayomus, that he died. So we, we, we discussed the Ramban and all the commentaries exactly how it works that one shall not die. So we will touch on it a little bit. It's something that we mentioned then to explain that, but we, we, shall, we shall soon see. The, um, the other example is... The other example is, is the Gemara in Ksubis. The, uh, the Talmud tells us in Tractate Ksubis on page uh, 70, 77b. The Talmud tells us the story about Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. And the Talmud tells us that the, that the, um, the Talmud tells us what was the last, the last days that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi spent on planet Earth. So the Talmud tells us that the, the angel of death came to, the angel of death came to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi the Malach HaMovis. So Hashem instructed him, He instructed the angel that whatever he says, you shall acquiesce to, you shall do. So he went and he appeared to him and he said, you know, it's, it's time, it's time, it, this is, a, you know, your time has come. That's apparently what happened. So Rabbi Shurab and Levi said, I want you to show me what, where is my place in Gan Eden? I want you to show me where is my place in the Garden of Eden? Okay, so he said, okay, then Rabbi Shua ben Levi said, give me your knife, apparently your sword, the Malach is the angel of death, carries a knife, carries a sword, because maybe you make me afraid while we're traveling on our journey. <clears throat> so it says, basically, the Talmud concludes that Rabbi Shua ben Levi tricked the angel of death, quote-unquote, and jumped over the wall of, of the Garden of Eden and went alive into the Garden of Eden and he was never retrieved from that area. He was never retrieved from the place. That's the way the Talmud basically ends. So the Talmud tells us that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi never died. He was one of those people like Serach, like, uh, like Eliyahu HaNavi, like uh, the Bnei Korach, that, she, that, that he never passed away. He went alive as a living being into the Garden of Eden. That's what happened to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Okay. So this, the, the topic that, we, that I would like to discuss this evening is, what is, this type of situation, when somebody doesn't die, creates halachic Jewish law ramifications. It creates issues in Jewish law. For example, Eliyahu Novi was a married man. Eliyahu Novi was married, and so was Rabbi Shua ben Levi, right? What happens, what is the law concerning their wives? Are their wives permitted to get remarried? Because now, you know, uh, 
uh, Eliyahu Navi is flying around all over the heavens, you know, he's uh, hanging out all over the place, and Rabbi Shua ben Levi is alive in the Garden of Eden, right? What about their wives? Are they allowed to get remarried? Are, or are they still considered like they are married to them? That's one question I'd like to deal with. Another question I'd like to deal with, and which, is not, which is directly related to this question, but not directly related to the Pasha is, is that we find a similar instance, which, uh, a similar instance, a similar case that we just mentioned, which is pertinent to our discussion about the resurrection in the future last week. And that is, the Talmud tells us in Tractate Megillah, on page 7b, the Talmud says that Rabbah and Rabbi Zera were having the Sudas Purim together. They were having the Purim meal together. And the, the Talmud tells us that Rabbah and Rabbi Zera got very drunk. Then the Talmud says that Rabbah took out a knife and he shechted Rabbi Zera. The same way, right, that there are laws about shechting. So he took his neck, he took out the knife and he shechted him. He, he killed him there, right there on the spot. That's what the, the, that's what the Talmud says. So, so when he realized what he did, the Talmud says that he brought him back to life. He, he prayed for him, and he was resurrected alive. The Talmud ends that the next year, Rabbi invited Rabbi Zera to, uh, to, his, to, 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 to the Purim Sutta together, and Rabbi Zera kindly declined. <laughs> he said that I'm not interested. So, 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 so he said, why not? He said, because I don't rely on miracles, and I don't know what's going to happen. The, the, so they never had a Purim Sutta again together. Okay, this is, but this is also not a unique case because we know that um, such situations happen. For example, it will happen to all of us. As our Moshe Chaim Motsato says, no matter when we live, no matter uh, when we lived, if the Messiah will come in our times, in order for the resurrection to happen, we all have to die, even if it's for 10 minutes. Everybody has to die. And after everybody dies, then they will be brought back to life. So we, we, we will encounter the same type of situation. This is also not unique. You find this many times in, in the Talmud. For example, the Talmud tells us on page 117a, in Tractate Baba Kama, that Rav, that Rav Yochanan mistakenly got upset at Rav Kahana. And Rav Kahana, when Rav Kahana was at his class, because Rav Yochanan didn't see, he had his eyebrows over his eyes, and then he looked at him because he thought that Rav Kahana was doing something that was, that was inappropriate. So, so he got upset at him, and as a result, Rav Kahana died. And the Talmud says that Rav Yochanan brought um, Rav Kahana back to life. Uh, the, the, the Talmud relates in Tractate Tainus on page 8a that, for example, the uh, Rav Yochanan's sister, when she brought uh, um, uh, her child in, in front of Rav Yochanan, he did, he did, she did not want, she did not want did, there, was a, there was a discussion that they were having, and Rav Yochanan seemed like he was going to get upset, so she quickly took him by the hand and took him out of the room because she didn't want the same thing to happen to him, what happened to Rav Kahana, or what else happened to her husband, Vashlokish, who, who Rav Yochanan, for whatever reason, did not bring back to life. So you didn't want to hang out around Rav Yochanan, and if you did, don't make him upset. But bottom line is, is that there is such a thing, there is a situation where a person can die and come back to life. The question is also discussed, and the halachic question is also discussed, is if that is the case, if a person dies, right, what is his halachic status as far as his past is concerned, for ex in our example, in terms of marriage? For example, does he have to remarry his wife? Do they have to have a second marriage? Or are they considered married? Or could she go and get married to somebody else in between? In the meanwhile, while, while, he, uh, while the person is no longer alive. That is the question on the table for this evening. Okay?
Yeah, Mark, I can't, I can't see you. I don't know. Well, let's, yeah, well, let's decide. Let's decide. Let's decide. Okay. We'll make the decision. Yeah, you have to. If he's dead, say, say Kaddish. What do you mean? If he dies a second time, why not say Kaddish? I guess. I mean, he's no longer alive, so you say Kaddish. <coughs> I, I don't know. This is uh, this is we're, we're going to travel into a new frontier. This is the this is the question for tonight. Th- these are the issues. So one of the early commentary commentators, the Chumas Adeshin, in his responsa, asks this question, and he says, he says that don't think that I'm just asking this question because I just want to discuss it uh, for for no reason, but. It, is, it has ramifications for the future because perhaps maybe there will be a person in Jewish history who will merit such, a, su- such an existence. He will merit that he won't die, that he'll live forever, or, right, or whatever it is. So he'll be like Eliyahu Hanavi, like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. And so therefore we need to answer this question because we'll have to deal with Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi's wife or, or Eliyahu Hanavi's wife or whatever it may be. We have to answer the question. So that's, that's his... Uh, that's the, that's the question that he that, that that he is being asked in the responsa. So the the first issue that is brought up in conjunction with this is the is a, is a Talmud in in tractate Bavmuti on page one hundred and fourteen b. The Talmud says that. The Talmud says that Rabbah Baravua, Rabbah the son of Avua, found Eliyahu Hanavi. Eliyahu Hanavi is no longer alive. I mean, he is alive, but he's no longer what he was before he went up on the chariot. Right? In other words, he's already in his, in, his, uh, in his alive state in heaven, whatever it is. Right? In his altar, o- o- altar, right, altar state. So Rabbah Baravua met him in, 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 in a, in a base aquarius. He met him in a cemetery. Uh, right, the, 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 that was a, a non-Jewish cemetery. That's what he meant. So he asked him. He said to him, Eliyahu, what are you doing in, in, in a cemetery? You're you're a Kohen, because as Rashi explains, I think Eliyahu Hanavi was the 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 reincarnation of Pinchas. Pinchas, we know, was a Kohen, and we know that a Kohen is not allowed to go to uh, Beis Akvaris. He's not allowed to go to a, uh, a cemetery. So Rabbah asked Eliyahu Hanavi, Rabbah the son of Abu, asked Eliyahu Hanavi, what are, you doing in, what are you doing in a cemetery? So he said to him, he gave him the answer, he said, look, uh, you know, in a non-Jewish cemetery, a coin is allowed to go, it's only a Jewish cemetery, he's not allowed to go. Yeah, but what? But that's, a coin is not supposed to be in there because of May's tumor, right? Right. But if he's already dead, who's dead? If Eliyahu Novi is in a different uh, plane, he wouldn't, does he still have uh, the same functions as a Kohen who isn't in that situation, like Ezra here? It, right, so, that, oh, very good. so Mark is bringing up a good point. You see from here that Eliyahu Novi, in his altered state, in, in, in Mark's words, right, in Mark, Mark uh, Foyer's words, right, Mark, uh, Mark is saying... <laughs> <laughs> Mark Rosin is saying, right, that in Eliyahu's altered state, 
in Yara's altered state, he shouldn't have to keep any mitzvahs. We see from this Gemara, we see from the Talmud here, that he kept the mitzvahs. And when you, when you die, that's the whole thing too. You don't wear tzitzit at cemetery because you don't want to flaunt to the... Because the, the person who's not right, we don't wear tzitzit in a cemetery because the person can't do any mitzvahs. And you see that Eliyahu Novi is doing mitzvahs. So therefore, this is a proof that what? That he's not really dead. That he's not very good, Marvin, right? Very, very well. It's a proof that since he's keeping mitzvahs, he's no longer dead. He's not really dead. And so if he's not really dead, then... What is he doing in the cemetery? What is he doing in the cemetery? So the answer is in the cemetery, it's not a Jewish cemetery. Right? If it's a Jewish cemetery, he wouldn't be there. Let's say that's what he's doing in the cemetery. But, but then what? Now that he's alive, what do we say? If he's alive, so then he's still married to his wife. Right? And therefore, she cannot get remarried. That's what the question was asked to the, to the Truma Sadeshim. That, that was the question that was asked. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? What? If he's, if he's still alive, is he really in an altered state? Or is it... And, and, and well, he never if, died. If these people are never really died, then do they continue aging? Or do they just... Stop where they're at. I mean... Well, the question, the, fir the first question is, what was the first question? If he's in the altered state, then is he really in the altered state? Is he? So that's a question for Mark. Mark oh. said he's in the altered state. He's got to own up to that. So that's his problem. Now, whether they get older or not, whether they get older or not, I would assume not. That if I had to guess, I would assume not, because Eliyahu Novi is still alive, right? So uh, if you get older... I mean, uh, unless he's... Uh, you want to be alive if your body's continuing to age... Well, we didn't, our body never initially aged. Uh -huh. uh, but didn't we say that, that he goes to the, the best uh, time of his life? Yeah. The best time of his life? To, what yeah. do you mean? Not like, like uh, 20 years old or something? Oh, that's where you go. There's some, there's some that, that you go back, that they went back to the best. In, 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 in his altered states of living, spiritual, not dead, whatever. Right? But, but bottom line is, is that, that Mark is saying, right, Mark is saying that you see from the fact that he has to keep mitzvot, that he's still alive. Therefore, the answer to our question would be is that his wife is still married to him and therefore she can't get married to anybody else. So while he's flying around all over the place, she's got to sit at home, right? That would be the ramification of the, of the, of the question. Oh, good question, good question. So, if Eliyahu knows he's alive, there's no Yerusha. There's no Yerusha because he's still, he's still in possession. That would be a Vinyasa. He's still in possession of his, of, of his uh, estate. But he ownership when he died the first time. I mean, <laughs> Well, he, what do you mean first time he died? Mark is saying he never died. We, we, we just, we, he never died. Everybody thought that he died. Well, no. Nobody thought that he died. Well, no, she has quest she's asking the question that, look, you know, he's not home. So there's been no funeral. There's been no funeral. He's not home. So what? For what he's done. Okay, okay. Oh, for wife, he's, 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 he's dead. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. You just so, what, what, uh, that's an interesting point. Well, we'll see. Wife? That's an interesting point. So forget, what? Forget about him dead. What's, this, what's the law, in, uh, I guess going back to it, what, what is the situation when a man is gone 
missing and has not come back to his So the, the law is that if a man is missing and nobody knows whether he's alive or dead, a woman is not allowed to get remarried. That's what we call, that is the classic case of an aguna. If a person drowns in the ocean or disappears or whatever, or he, he, he gets buried under the rubble of 9-11, and we don't know 100% for sure that he died, then his wife is an aguna forever, she can't get remarried. So because right. he might be alive. So right. We have to determine, we have to determine that he's, there's a story, 9-11, a guy called up before the building collapsed, he picked up the phone, he called up his rabbi, and he said, I'm in the building, and I'm going to die. And I'm telling you this because I want my wife to, to, to get remarried. And then uh, the phone went dead. Shalom Yisrael. I mean, unfortunately, but that's what happened. Right? But otherwise, otherwise there are some people that survived, and we don't know 100% for sure. You need a big posek, you need a big rabbi to say that some other way to determine or assume that the husband is no longer alive. So right now, then, we face it as she's in a good well, that's the question. That is the question. Is she in Aguna or not? That is the question. We know what happened to him. We know that he went up alive into wherever he went. In the Rabbi Shobin Levy's case, he went to Gan Eden, right? He went to the Garden of Eden. We know that. So now the question is whether she's going to be in Aguna or not. That's the question, basically. That's what we're asking. And Miriam is bringing up another point. What's going to be with the Yerusha? What's going to be with the estate? Does, does somebody else get the estate, or does the estate have to stay the way it is because we consider them alive? Can the children fight over the estate, or can they not? That's the question. Well, right? But if he's not here on this earth presently... Fine, so that is the question. He's not here on the present earth, so now we've got one proof. One proof, as we said, is that we see that he kept... We see that he kept mitzvot. We see that, he, that, that uh, it was relevant to him whether he was in a cemetery or not because he was a coin. See, so he keeps a mitzvah. Who keeps a mitzvah? Like Mark so elo- eloquently put it, a person who's alive is one who keeps mitzvahs. So he's in, he's in, is he in physical form? I mean, I mean, maybe in the image. Of well, that's form. Miriam's question. We will touch upon that, but we spoke about that in Parshish Vayichi. Right. We, will, we, will, we, will, we will address that briefly, again, to answer that question. Is it see-through? I mean, yeah. Right. Right. What? Could be. <laughs> okay. So the first thing is the first thing is is that is that is that the Chumash Sadashan is a very it's a very short response. And he says that there were that the Gemara tells us in Nida, tracted Nida page seventy B. The Talmud says that there were eleven twelve questions that were asked. Uh, the, the people of Alexandria asked Rabbi Shua ben Hananiah. Three, uh, and th- there were three questions that were uneducated, uncouth questions, the Talmud says. There were three uncouth questions that were asked. One question was, is, does the, we know that when a person dies, so then he is metame, he causes spiritual impurity, that's why Cohen is not allowed to be in a cemetery. So one question they asked him was, is the wife of Lot, does she create the spiritual impurity? Also. Now, there's a coin a lot of step on the, on the, pill, on the salt, on, on the mound of salt. That's one question they asked them. Another, uh, so, so the answer that they gave was that no, a, 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 a dead body is, creates spiritual impurity and not a pillar of salt. Because the Torah specifically instructs that it should be a dead body, not a pillar of salt. What about the son of the Shunamis who was brought back to life? Does he 
Now, also another case of a person who died and then was brought back to life, does he create spiritual impurity? So the answer was given, no, because he's alive. He was dead, now he's alive. So now there's no spiritual impurity. The third question was, um, the third question was that those people that are going to be resurrected in the future, do they need the paraduma? Do they need the, the red heifer to purify them from spiritual impurity? That was the third question. So the answer to that was, is that when everybody will be resurrected, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with the question. We'll ask Moshe Rabbeinu. We, we don't know the answer. That was the, that was the answer. So, so, so the Tumas Adeshin says, if that's the case, if, those are, if the answers are so simple, then we could say the following thing. The Torah says that a woman is prohibited to get married. A woman is prohibited to get married when she's married to a man. Not when she is married to an angel. The same way that a pill, that, that, um, that a, uh, 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 we could say that a dead person, a carcass, creates spiritual impurity and not a pillar of salt. We can make the same argument. We can make the same argument that a, a, uh, a woman who is married to a man is one who is prohibited to any other man and not a woman who is married to an angel is prohibited to any other man. And therefore he wants to say that therefore he wants to say that she is permitted even though he is still alive but he's in a category this is a hint to Miriam in heaven, right? He's in the category of an angel. And since he's in a category of an angel the Torah does not prohibit the wife of an angel to go marry somebody else. Right, that's his answer. And he says, what, you asked me a question, that you have a proof from Bab Metziah 114b that Eliyahu kept mitzvahs? Fine. Uh, of course he kept mitzvahs, says the Shumas Adeshan, as the Talmud tells us in Erevin, in tra- Tracted Erevin, page 43b, that Eliyahu Anavi in the future, before the Mashiach will come, will come the day before, and, resur- and, and, and announce him coming. He'll, co- he'll announce that the Mashiach is coming. Right? So the, 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 Gemara, the, the Talmud says that Mashiach can't come on Sunday or should not be able to come on Sunday at least. Says the Talmud, why not? Because then Eliyahu will have to come on Shabbos and Eliyahu can't come on Shabbos. So the Jumas Adeshin says, yeah, fine, so you have a proof that he keeps mitzvot? Yes, he truly does keep mitzvot. That's the, uh, that is what the Jumas Adeshin says. The problem is with the Jumas Adeshin is, is that Mark is still right. What do you mean, so he keeps mitzvot? But the fact that he keeps mitzvot, so you brought, me, you brought me another proof. But the fact that he keeps mitzvot is a proof that he is alive. So he's not he's an, an angel status. So he's not an angel status. Right? So what, what did the Chuma Sadashin answer? What is he answering? That's the, the, that's the question. So that leads us into Miriam and Evan's point. And that is, well, what does he look like? Um, what, 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 and exactly, uh, what is he? when he is in this state? That's the question. So, um, Rabbi Eliezer Waldenberg, in his uh, response, deals with this question. And uh, he says, he references back our whole discussion, not our whole discussion, because he didn't hear our whole discussion, but he references back um, some of the things that we discussed in Pashas Vayichi, when we spoke about Yaakov uh, never dying, and we spoke about exactly what does it mean 
for, for a, a, a righteous person never to die. This is in his response in the Titeliezer, uh, volume 17, um, number, number 6, section 2. He says like this. He says that we mentioned this before. There is a, a Talmud, in, the, the Talmud tells us in Ksubis, on page 103a. The Talmud says that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the redactor, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, the, the redactor of the Mishnah in 200 CE, after he passed away, he came to his own house and said Kiddush for his family. That's what happened. That's what the Talmud says. He said Kiddush for his family. He came to the, then when people, the Talmud says that when people saw, realized they were looking through the window, realized that he was there, he never came back again. But he used to come back right after he died. He used to come back to his house and say Kiddush for his family. So there, Rabbi Akiva Eger quotes the uh, Rabbi Akiva Eger quotes the Sefer Hasidim from Rabbi Yehuda Levi, who explains how did, after Rabbi Yehuda after Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was no longer alive, how is it that he came to his house and said Kiddush? How is that possible? So he says that there are special clothing. This is a quotation from what he says. I don't claim to understand because this, we are a little bit on the realm of the Kabbalah, and which, which is uh, uh, beyond the scope or the focus of this class, of this discussion. So he says that there was special clothing that he used to wear on Shabbos. And he used to, when he wore this clothing, he was able to say, Kiddush. And it's not like the rest of the people who are dead... Like, right, he's addressing Mark's point exactly. It's not like the rest of the people who are dead, who are free from mitzvot. As Mark gave the example, that's why we don't wear tzitzis when we go into the Beisakur, when we go into the, into the uh, cemetery, we tuck our tzitzis in so they don't see it, because it's as if we're making fun of the fact that we can put on tzitzis and they cannot. So they are, but, but, uh, but a righteous person who puts on the special clothing is different. He can put on the special clothing and he can say Kiddush for his family. That is what the Sefer Hasidim says. And you can be good to your And you can be, right. And you can fulfill your obligation with Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's Kiddush if he comes to your house next Friday night. Exactly. Why? Oh, so we're going to get to the wife. One second. We're going to get to the wife. So he says, he says, this is what the, the Seva Chassidim says. So the Tzitz Eliezer wants to claim, the Tzitz Eliezer wants to claim, ambiguously, at least in my mind, perhaps maybe in all our minds, he wants to claim that when it comes to righteous people, quote-unquote righteous people, they are able to have a dual existence, a multifaceted existence. They can exist without this clothing that we're describing, or they can exist with the clothing that, they're, that we're describing. So when they put on this clothing, then they can do mitzvot. When they take off the clothing, they can't do mitzvot. An example, he says, Eliyohan Navi. Sometimes Eliyohan Navi wears his clothing. For example, when he met Rabbah in, 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 in the Talmud in... Um, in uh, 
a in Baba Metzia, right? He was wearing his clothing because Rabbi recognized him as Eliyahu Navi. But we also know that Eliyahu comes to every single bris, right? And Eliyahu Navi, we don't see him. We have a chair for him. We have a cup for him at the Seder. He's not there. So he says that then he's not wearing his special clothing. Then he comes uh, on the, in the other altar state. Alter, uh, what did you say, uh, Mark? Altar state. Right? He comes in his altar state. So, so when he is wearing these clothing, then he can do mitzvahs and fulfill other people's obligations. Right? So therefore, he says, therefore, he says, therefore, the Tzitzel Yezah says, the wife, so as, as, as Tammy pointed out, so what about the wife? So he says that you can, you can be in this altered state when you put on a special clothing and do mitzvahs, while at the same time you still have the status of an angel of where the Torah excludes you from the marriage to your wife, previous wife or current wife, whatever, right? You have the status of an angel where you're not considered married to her. So even though you could do mitzvahs, there, there, there is a special status that you have in your altered state with a special clothing. If you're a righteous person, you could do mitzvahs. But at the same time, you still have the status of an angel. You're, you're a spiritual being, so to speak. And therefore, the Torah says that the only time a woman is prohibited to marry somebody else is when she's married to a man. Not when she's married to an angel. What if she marries another man who says Kiddush? <laughs> I'm sure he'll defer to, uh, he'll defer to Elio Anavi. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. What? He was coming to make it for his family. Yeah. So there's somebody else there. He doesn't have to do it right. So we discussed this extensively. We discussed this extensively. A different, the different opinions about what what is the status of Yaakov, whether he's alive, whether he's no longer alive, uh, and 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 whatever whatever you want to plug in as far as that explanation is concerned. We will say, according to the, this is the explanation of the Chumas Hadeshin. The Chumas Hadeshin is saying, yes, you can have a concurrent keeping of mitzvahs and have a status of an angel. And therefore, you're, even though you might be considered alive, you're living forever. That's the way the rabbis are referring to you. You're still not a, you, you, you're not, you, you, you're not a person where the Torah says that your life is prohibited or, 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 or she can't marry somebody else. That's basically the bottom line. So the halacha is, according to the Chumas Adeshin, the halacha is, right, so if, if we all have to paskin, if we have to be the decisors of the, of the law, and uh, somebody became like Abishua ben Levi, right, and his wife came to us and asked us what the halacha, we would paskin, according to the Chumas Adeshin, that, that, uh, that she is permitted to get, that she is permitted to get remarried. Okay. So just to make things a little bit more complicated, to put on our, our thinking caps, Okay. Yeah. I understand those examples, but uh, Korach, the guys who got swallowed up, they weren't elevated to the status of an angel. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know whether they were elevated. I mean, it sounds like what you're saying, or what we've learned so far, is that this is refers to people who have been put up so they can have gone up to the angel status. So how how What's the ruling on uh, Korah? So I, I guess I would say I guess I would There's say no there. What? The whole family is there. The whole family is there. Yeah, and therefore, therefore. No, but he's at Mark is asking oh, yeah. that that he's not righteous. That they're not righteous. 
we're talking we're, the whole our, 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 our thrust of our discussion is that we're talking about righteous people Mark is saying they're not righteous uh, even though the, the, the family's not there anymore, what do you do with the property so the answer is the answer is, is that Rashi says not like you Rashi says that they are righteous Rashi says that they were involved in the dispute the Rashi recorded at the beginning of the discussion they were involved in the dispute and they thought about rep- they, they repented and because of that they merited that they didn't go to Gehenna so they were righteous Right, that's exactly Mark's point. Mark is saying that point. And therefore, Korach's sons will have that status that we are, that, that we are describing. So that's the, the, that's the halacha. Okay, so... I, I, the truth is, I want to continue on this line of reasoning because there's another complexity here that is that is that is interesting to discuss. But I think that we're running out of time, so we're going to skip uh, to the we will skip to uh, the other question that we presented for the moment, at least. The other question that we presented was: What happens if somebody dies and then they come back to life? For example, Reb Zayer right, he was uh, the unfortunate one to have the uh, his Suda's Purim, to have his Purim su- meal with Rabba, R- R- who uh, wound up uh, shechting him, uh, and, and then, but Rabba was kind enough to bring him back to life. So the question is, what? He was cut short. Thank you, he was cut short, right. So the question is, does Rabbi Zaira have to go home? Does Rabbi Zaira have to go home and uh, renew, his, uh, renew his Kiddushin with his wife? That is the question. Uh, and all kinds, of, and, and this 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 question will have its ramifications. Um, this question will have its ramifications also for all of us, right? So when, when the resurrection happens and we will all be back back to life, the question is, is whether or not we will have to do another kiddushin. We will have to again remarry our wives and any other halachic considerations such as such as uh, Yerusha and everything else. The question is, if a person dies and comes back to life, is, does he have to remarry his wife? That's the question. Okay, Rabbi Zero. If he wants to, right? That's a quick question? Yes. <laughs> Practically speaking, if somebody is on an operating table in the hospital and they're, you know, they're dead, for a minute or two, and then they're brought back to life. Is that does, does that raise these same kinds of questions? Um, theoretically speaking, yes, it does raise that question. If a person is on an operating table and he dies for a moment and comes back to life, it would be the same issue. However, there you would have to get into the whole halakhic discussion as to what is the definition of death. Yeah. And usually most of the cases of NDE uh, don't qualify for halakhic death, and therefore we would assume that the person never died, and therefore he would not have to remarry his wife. In order for him to be uh, dead, there would have to be, you know, he would have to be really, uh, according to halachic requirements, most people uh, don't, don't die, even though they have an out-of-body experience. And that perhaps maybe we'll discuss in the future. Well, what about like where uh, somebody, they flatline and they use paddles, you know, there's a lot of people that where if your heart goes out of rhythm, that they Period. shock you when, and and but that's not for that long. I mean, there's times <laughs> where you're. It doesn't matter how long. 
Right, right. So there would have to be he would be have to be Marvin is correct, but he would have to be halachically defined as being not alive. That would have to be that would have to be uh the case. Okay? He would have to halachically qualify as not being alive. Okay. So the uh this question is discussed already in the code of law. Is, uh, one of the commentaries the 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 um the Birke Yosef discusses this question in the court of law and he's quoted actually on the page by the commentary of the Pischei Tshuva. And he says as follows. He says that the question is like this. The question is is that when this person dies and comes back to life is that person the same person that he was before before he was uh, be, before he was uh, dead, so to speak, is he the same person? Or perhaps maybe even more, you can say that retroactively it has been revealed to us that since he has come back to life, that he kind of wasn't really dead, right? That he kind of really really wasn't dead. Or do we say that he is a different person? Do we say that he is a completely different person, and therefore he was dead? What's the, what's the issue? The Mishnah tells us in Tractate Kiddushin on page 2a, the Mishnah says, Ha'isha niknas vishlaisha drachim. A woman is acquired in three ways. Vakoinas atman, she acquires herself in two ways. What are the two ways that she acquires herself? She acquires herself with a get, with a document of divorce. Right? With a document of divorce. And Mrs. Abal, she, she also acquires herself with the death of her husband. What does it mean she acquires herself? It means that until now she was prohibited to every man, and now as a result of her husband's death or her receiving a document of divorce, she is not permitted to every single man. So in the words of the Birki Yosef, the question is like this. Do we say that Rabbi Zera, who woke up the next morning and was... Uh, brought back to life by uh, Rabbah, do we say that he has to go and now remarry his wife because because he's new? And it's similar to a person who divorces his wife and then remarries her. Right? That's something that a Kohen cannot do. That that needs a new, a new Kiddushin. Because the first Kiddushin disappeared. The first marriage disappeared. Because he's a new person. And the same, is the same is the case when he dies and comes back to life. Perhaps maybe we'll say that he actually died. And because he actually died, it fulfills one of the requirements in the law that one of the things that sets a woman free from her husband is the death of her husband. And therefore we say he died and therefore he set her free. Or do we say that when does a woman acquire herself from her husband and she can marry everybody else when her husband dies, that is specifically when he stays dead. Right? He dies and he stays dead. But, but if he doesn't get buried and then some prophet or some righteous person like, uh, like, uh, like Elisha 
or 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 uh, or, or Rabbi Yochanan uh, brings him back to life, then it's been revealed that that death, right, wasn't really a death of like a regular person, and therefore, since it's not a death of a regular person, because the death of a regular person is the person stays dead, right. Therefore, he does not free his wife, because when does the Mishnah say that a woman acquires herself back is only when a person dies, and he stays dead. But if he dies and he doesn't stay dead, then, 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 the, uh, then the Kiddushin, the original marriage, is still intact, and, and therefore, right, he doesn't need to remarry her again. That's the, that is the question. So, he brings the proof, and with this, with, with this we'll have to conclude, unfortunately, uh, because the discussion is nowhere near over. But he brings a proof from a, uh, a, ta- a Jerusalem Talmud, a Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says like this, if a person gives his wife a get, he gives her a, a writ of divorce with a condition. It's a conditional get. Okay, he gives his wife a get, a conditional get. What is the condition? The condition is, if he doesn't come back if he doesn't come back within a certain amount of time. In other words, he says, if I don't come back within 30 days, right, then, then, I'm, uh, then, then this is a get. For example, this would be a useful, this would be a useful apparatus in a situation where a person is a firefighter and he's going into the building in 9-11 to rescue people. But he's afraid that he's going to die in the effort. Right? But if he dies in the effort, then the rabbi is going to have to deal with whether his wife can get remarried. So the way to avoid this is he says to her like this. He says, if I don't come back in 30 days, I'm giving you a get right now with the, with the, with the rabbi, with witnesses, everything, with a condition. If I don't come back in 30 days, this is a, is a valid divorce. So if he dies in 9-11, whether we find him or not, he hasn't come back in, in, 90, in, in, in 30 days, it's considered a good divorce and she's allowed to get remarried. Right? He's allowed to do that. Now, what happens if he dies within the time, before the 30 days are up? Can his wife go and get married to somebody else within the 30 days? Or does she have to wait until after 30 days? No, like she after 30 days. No, no. That's no, the no. question. She wouldn't even get. No, what? She has to wait. No, he died. He died. He died. What? He died. He died. He died. He had a heart attack or whatever, or everybody heard that he was dead. He died within the thirty days. But he hasn't. He hasn't not not come back yet after thirty days, right? What? Can you get married during the show? Yeah, but that's a separate question. Let's leave that for the moment. Maybe you can or cannot. Theoretically speaking, and in this issue. To make it sixty days. For whatever days you want to make it, right? Within the time he dies. So Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says, I say that a miracle happened to me, he came back to life. We can't let her get married until after 30 days. And the Chachamim say, they, they argue with him and they say, no, if we know he's dead, he's dead, she can get married before the 30 days. So the Birki Yosef says, everybody here agrees that he would actually taka, come back to life he would walk into the room, right? Everybody agrees that she would not be able to get remarried. The only dispute between Rabbi Yossi and everybody else is whether or not, whether or not it is likely for him to come back to life after he died within the 30 days. Well, what's the likelihood of that? Would I, would I bet my money on such a thing? 
That's the dispute. So Rabbi Yoshi says, it's possible. It's possible you come back to life. Right? And everybody else says, the Chacham say, no, it's not possible. Right? But everybody agrees. It seems like the inference is everybody agrees that if he would talk walking through the room, he would come back to life, then she would not be able to get remarried. So, so that, that's, the, that's what the Yerushalmi seems to say. So says the Birki Yosef, you see from this Yerushalmi that everybody agrees. Right? Everybody agrees that if he comes back to life, she's not allowed to get married. And that means that the original marriage is so good. Right? The original marriage is so good. And therefore, and therefore she can, therefore, she doesn't, if he comes back to life, he doesn't have to marry her again. That's, the, that, that's, the, that's his initial, that's his initial proof. The discussion is lengthy, but I think at this point, we conclude. So our conclusion is at least that, uh, our conclusion is at least for the moment that when a, when a person stays alive forever, his wife can get remarried. If a person dies and comes back to life, then seemingly he is still the same person that he was. Therefore, uh, therefore, you know, he's still related as far as inheritance is concerned to his whole entire family, and he's still married to his wife, and therefore they don't need any execution. And therefore, when we get resurrected, right, Ezra's not going to have a problem. won't have a problem. When we get resurrected, we will, we will, be, we, we will still be married to our, to our spouses, and we won't need to... Uh, uh, have a, a, a wild, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, track, massive uh, 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 marriage ceremonies all over the place. We, 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 we can concentrate and deal with other things. Okay, square. Thank you. Have a good job, everybody.